So like, don't compare yourself to other people. Like everybody's got their own experiences and everybody reacts to things differently. And we can only, you know, what we think is like really painful and really joyful can only come from the experience of what we experience in life and the extremities that we've had. So, um, you know, compare yourself to you, compare yourself to your experiences and the things that you that have, that have happened with you and get real with yourself. Um, that's gonna, the more we get real with ourselves, the more we're gonna be free. With no limitations, what does your perfect day look like? What if it's possible to live like that every day? Would you wake up after 9am, have perfect health, maybe fire your boss, have the money and freedom to do what you love most? The world is your oyster. Where would you be? Who would you be with? The possibilities are endless. Whether you believe it's possible for you or not, you can make more, work less, and live free. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, where entrepreneur, best-selling author, world traveler, and adventurer, Bryce Robertson and special guests crack the code on money, health, relationships, spirituality, and having fun doing what you love most. Be inspired to create your own self-designed freedom lifestyle. Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio, where you learn to work less, make more, and live free. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson, and today we're going to get a little closer to home than our previous topics. This topic is often misinterpreted and also underestimated. This is the real thing that makes the world go around. It makes things and it breaks things and it challenges us all. Today, my friends, we are talking about freedom principle number three, relationships. And before we dig in too deep, you know, go back and listen to episodes one, two, and three so you can catch up to pace. These first six episodes is uh, laying the foundation of what we're going to be exploring deeper on later episodes. And it's essentially the core or the crux of what this podcast is all about. So uh, relationships. What do you think when I say relationships? What does what does that bring to mind? You know, a lot of us think, well, relationships, it's like marriage, it's our spouse, it's our life partner. And, you know, relationships are a lot more than that. For starters, uh, one of the first relationships is a relationship that we have with ourselves. And we're going to talk a lot more on this um, today because that's a really, really important relationship. And it's often one of the most underestimated relationships that we actually have. Um, we also have our partner or our spouse. That's a very important relationship because that's the person we're choosing to live the rest of our life with. And then we have our family. Our family is obviously a very important relationship. Um, we've got our friends and our colleagues and business partners and, you know, you might have the handyman and the, the gardener at your house. They're all relationships, um, your neighbors, your community, all of these relationships. If, it, if there's people involved, there's relationships. And this is an area that a lot of us sort of take for granted and we underestimate that these areas need a little bit of nurturing and, and they need we could, there's areas here that we can improve in our relationships to make our life and, and others around us more enjoyable. And so let's, let's just use a, a real estate transaction, for example, and, and how that relates to relationships. Think about it. Let's just say an example, you're, you're going out there and you're going to go buy an investment property and you want to hold that investment property. And um, so what do you do? You go out there and maybe you need a, a, a realtor or a broker to represent you. And then you, maybe the sellers actually have a realtor or broker that represents them too. If not, you may have to communicate straight with the, the sellers. Uh, and then you're going to need a title representative, an escrow agent, an insurance agent, and um, you know, you're going you're gonna to need to speak to somebody legally about things. And then you're going to need a building inspector and you're going to need to get other reports and inspections done, maybe pest control, um, pest inspection and things like this. And then uh, let's just say we fast forward and we end up closing on the property and now we own the property. Well, the property has to be managed. It's an investment property. So uh, we need to have a property management company unless we're going to manage it ourselves. 
and we we need a plumber and an electrician and and uh, someone to mow the lawn. And you, you're catching what I'm kicking here, guys. Just in a simple real estate transaction, there's so many different people. And with each of those people, there's an opportunity to either make or break a relationship. And any of you out there who actually are involved in real estate, real estate investing, you know, there's so many people involved in a deal. There's so many variables in a deal because everything could be going well and something could be held up just by one person. And so it's important to not only build good relationships in our lives so that we can live in more free and, and live in more fulfillment, it also helps us to be able to solve problems as well. Because if we have problems communicating with people and problems in relationships with people and relating to people, then life can be a little bit challenging for us. And it can be much more challenging. So, uh, so you know... <clears throat> Unless you want to be like Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway and be stuck on an island in the middle of nowhere, pretty much going to have to work on relationships. Yeah, because relationships are going to play a role in our life, even regardless of whether uh, we, we want to be hanging out with tons of people or not it's still going to be a part of our life because we're going to need to be able to talk to people on the phone and we're going to need to have relationships to just get things done in life, let alone the nourishment and nurturing that we get from relationships that the more we put into those relationships, the more we get out of as well. And, uh, you know, on that note, there was a study done where, uh, the, the study was revolving around whether babies need physical touch or not. And it became evident from this study that babies don't actually survive. Like a baby has the potentiality to be able to die if it doesn't have physical touch from another being uh, or another human being. Um I mean, I think we've heard stories of, of babies that have been rescued. Um, there, there was one story of a baby that got somehow ended up in really cold water and got washed to the shore. And then uh, these little small animals, I think there were um, uh, sea otters or something like that, somehow like kept the baby warm and, and, and kept it close in and, and kept it alive for a, a long enough for people to come along and then be able to help the baby as well. But, you know, babies actually need physical touch. Baby, we're born instinctively to actually have relationships. We're born to have connection with one another. And, uh, and this is, this is obviously, uh, this is, um, this is an area that a lot of us take really for granted, because it's always there. Relationships are usually always there. Um, especially the one that we seem to take for granted the most is our relationship with our spouse. Uh, because they're always going to be around, aren't they? So, you know, we can focus on all the other things and then we'll get back to them later because they're going to be here. And and that's really a, the wrong way to look at it. And I've been guilty of that, especially in my beginning years of, as an entrepreneur. I spent a lot of time focusing on becoming financially free. And my wife was kind of standing there sometimes going, hey, what about me? Like, what's the point of becoming financially free if you don't have a wife? Um, and that kind of like hit home uh, pretty seriously with me there too. So, um, you know, some say that the most important relationship is our connection with God or spirituality. And um, I want to just wrap that concept up for a little second here. And then just let's, let's move that to episode number five, where we talk about spirituality. Today, when I'm talking about relationships, we're talking about relationships with human beings. Um, so I just wanted to sort of make that one clear. Don't want to say that a relationships with spirituality is not important. It is as well. Um, but today we're talking about relationships with human beings and the the place that we need to start the most important relationship that that we really have is our relationship with ourselves <laughs> and this kind of this blew my mind a little bit uh, my wife and i went to a relationship retreat a few years ago 
and we were super excited. We're like, we're going to go to this relationship uh, retreat. It's it's exotic. It's at this like nice five star hotel in Palm Springs. And it's like super elegant. And we're going to like put a whole bunch of effort and energy into a marriage. And we're going to walk away and our marriage is going to be even better. It's a relationship retreat. Like, of course, that's what it's going to be all about. And then we got there and I mean, this relationship retreat, I think it was like five or seven days long or something like that. We would have spent 80% or more of our time working on the relationship that we have with ourselves. Uh, Because really, that's where everything reflects from that point. You know, the the relationship that we have with ourselves we end up projecting that on other people that ends up affecting the outcome of the relationships that we have with other people in in marriage and in the community in business with friends with family uh we're, we're usually projecting a lot of things that we have from ourselves and each of us has a past all of us have been shaped by the circumstances that we've had through our childhood and, you know, growing up and the people that we're influenced by and the circumstances that came before us and the experiences that we had. And no matter where you come from in the world, no matter what your story is, and everybody's got their own story, everybody's an individual, but we've all had something that was very impactful for us. And this typically happens when we're a child, that something impactful happens. And then this one experience or or this group of experiences in a certain period of our childhood ends up shaping who we're going to be in the coming years. And it will shape the direction that we're going to head and the trajectory we're going to head and the things that we're going to be drawn towards and the things we're going to be repelled against. And we we come up with like a decision-making system based around the things that we don't want and the things that we do do, do want based off some, some impactful experiences that we've had when we were a kid. And... Uh, you know, a lot of us seem to just think, well, you know, like my my childhood wasn't that bad. I I didn't get uh, I didn't get the crap beaten out of me, and uh, and I wasn't raped, so I suppose my childhood was pretty good. But it doesn't matter what your experience was. Each one of us has had an experience. Something affected us. Maybe it was physical. Maybe it was sexual. Maybe it was emotional. Maybe it was psychological. And there's no, there's no version of any of this that's, that's, that's more wrong or more right or better or worse because we can only come from our own experiences and each of us have had something, something, and we may not have even gone there or even wanted to even think about it or we may even forget. We may need to dig a lot deeper to get to that thing that has actually shaped who we are and how we make decisions, but each of us actually have it. <laughs> and uh, the more that we can get to the core of that and, and, and work past it and release it, the more that we're going to be free. And this really shows up, um, y- you know, it's kind of like the, the saying that um, once you can save yourself, then you can save many other people, you know, but if, but if you can't even save yourself, then you can't save other people. And uh, although that's not true completely, and it's just a generalization, there is a lot of truth to it. The more that we are grounded ourselves in our own relationship to ourselves, the more that we can show up to provide massive value to other relationships. So it's really, really the core area um, that it's in our best interest to work through and work past any of our shortcomings and work past the things that have been held, holding us back, the things that we've been fearful of, the things that uh, we've been trying to avoid in our lives. Because once we can break through that, it's like there's no restrictions and limitations then. And it's a really, really, really freeing experience. And, uh, you know, I had the, I've had the opportunity to be able to work through a lot of these things myself. Uh, on my path to self-development, on my path to freedom by going to relationship retreats and, uh, and having different experiences. And uh, when, when we, you know, like when you see someone out there and someone's like, 
oh, you know, that person's being so rude, that that person's so rude and, and blah, blah, blah. Usually the person that's actually projecting that is has some part of them that's rude and they don't like it about themselves. So they're basically just like pointing out the things in other people that they don't like about themselves. Well, maybe they had like really bad experiences with that as well, but usually there's some some connection to the things that we project upon other people are usually things that we don't like about ourselves. They're qualities about ourselves that we we don't want to see. And when we see it in other people, we're like, yeah, I got you. I don't like it when you do that. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, one concept, um, and then once this concept got told to me or got explained to me, it just kind of blew my mind and I've seen the world in a different place ever since. And that is um, that, you know, when someone is coming from a place of, you know, here's all the things wrong with you and, and this is wrong with you and you shouldn't do this and, and don't do that and all that kind of stuff. When someone's coming from that perspective, you can basically just like hold a mirror up and point it back towards that person. And it's all the things that they they don't like about themselves, uh, the things, the experiences that they've had in life that they really didn't enjoy and they don't want to see in themselves and they don't want to see that in other people. And it's, it's just the outward expression of that. Um, and the more that we can get a handle on who we are inside and be become more comfortable with ourselves, the less we're going to try and blame other people um, or like take the opportunity to take it out on other people, whether that be our wife, our husband, uh, our children, our parents, uh, someone in the grocery line, you know, like who's who's been there in in the in the at the shopping center in the grocery line waiting to check out and like I don't know you 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 just like moving forward and you're like looking over here and then all of a sudden you realize you're a little bit close to somebody and someone just loses their shit and they just like go crazy at you and they're like what are you doing get out of my space and blah 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 and say like, hold up a minute here you know I was actually off with the fairies and then this person's just a bundle of like yeah energy. Like you didn't actually do something to piss that person off. They were already pissed off. They, they, there's a whole bunch. When I see people like that, it just instantly makes me just think, wow, like what's really going on inside in this person? You know, like what, what troubles are they dealing with or what, what things haven't they worked past um, for them to be in that state where they're so instantly pissed off by something that a stranger does? Um, and, you know, I feel a little bit of compassion. I used to just get, I used to just like get angry at those people. And I used to like project anger straight back because I didn't get it. And I used to have like some of that stuff bottled up in myself there too. And I, I used to be, I used to come from a lot of blame in the past. And because, I mean, it's a lot easier to just like blame people than to actually have a good, cold, hard look at ourselves and just say, hey, man, like, is there's some stuff in here that I got to deal with, you know, that this is my shit, not that person's shit. And um, yeah, it's, it's really powerful to work for all that. And, you know, this is the area that typically needs the most work and we need to dig the deepest. Um, like I said, I was expecting when we went to the relationship retreat that it was going to be, I was going to be like sessions where I'd be like, well, here's my needs and and here's what I need you to do, wife. And then wife would listen and wife would say, okay, I'll do those. And then here's my needs and I need you to this. And me, your husband would say, yeah, I'll do that. Like we've, I thought it was going to be like that. I thought, well, that's obviously what you do at a relationship retreat. But no, I mean, it was like a cold, hard look at ourselves and dealing through our own challenges and our own shortcomings and, and our own um, things that we have. And usually it just comes down to like the core of whatever happened when we were a kid, whatever group of experiences that happened when we were a kid. And when if we can get to that and we can work through it and get past it so it's no longer an issue and, and we no longer have any like skeletons in the closet, so to speak, then it's a very freeing place to come from. And it's like, it's like the whole world gets lifted off your shoulders. Um, it's amazing experience. It's amazing experience. And I would wish it for, for all of you. And, um, and that's why I'm kind of like digging on it a little bit deeper here today. And we're really driving this one home. Because until we remove the skeletons, 
until we remove our skeletons, so to speak, we just can't be free. If we're carrying around this like hurt or pain or like experiences that we had when we were a kid and some of us, like we actually think we've got past it, but we haven't even like begun to. Um, but unless we get rid of that, we can't be free. And the cool thing is, is like, you're not alone. Like everyone's got their own shit to work past. You know, it was interesting. A lot of the things we did at relationship retreat, we split up into different groups. And then there was kind of a group of about like, I don't know, 20 or 30 of us. And we're all working together in different exercises and with different, uh, you know, teachers and whatnot. And at the, at the end of the five days, you really got to know what problem as everybody had in the room. It was like really clear. And it was just, it just came down to like a few basic, simple things. It was like everything, you know, everyone's story was a little bit different, but it all came back to like, you either had something that happened psychologically, physically, or emotionally. And it was just kind of like same shit, different flavor. And then it was kind of relieving because it's like, oh my God, like everyone's had something that they've had to deal with everyone's had impactful experiences so if you're thinking that like you're the only person that has like everybody else it likes easy for all them but i've got these like problems it's like everyone's the same everyone has their own experience and they just wrap it up and put a different bow on it and it just looks different from the outside but on, on the inside it's pretty much all the same stuff so the cool thing is you're not alone everyone's got their own shit to work with so like as soon as we know that it's it makes it a lot easier <laughs> uh, another thing is is um, and this this concept got explained to me as well is that when these things happen that shape our life that puts us on a trajectory where we're like, well, I'm never going to have that thing happen to me again, or I'm going to be drawn towards this. Um, we end up something happened that that hurt us or um, that made us very fearful or caused a lot of pain. And so we we did something to put a kind of a proverbial uh, life jacket on to protect ourselves. And so we, we want to make sure that something like that never happens again. You know, maybe if you picked on at school, it's like, yep, no one's ever going to mess with me again. I'm going to become a certain type of person that I need to become. So no, no one messes with me. And you'll, you'll look, you know, when you, when you watching like the world's best boxers or MMA fighters and things like this, usually they got the shit kicked out of them at school. And then they're like, I am never going to have that happen again. I'm going to go so extreme that I'm going to be the best of the best fighters in the world. That's, and, and there's a lot of different expressions of that, but we put on a life vest when we're young when these experiences happen because at the time we do need to protect ourselves and there is a reason to um put a bit of shield up and and wear this you know life jacket so to speak so that we can protect ourselves so that thing doesn't happen again but the interesting thing about it is most of us you know we've got we got that life jacket on when we're a kid and then we're a teenager we've got the life jacket on still we're still wearing the life jacket and uh, we don't really need it because the things that happened when we were a kid aren't happening anymore when we're a teenager, but we still got it on and we're still wearing it proud and we're still making our decisions and, and, and choosing what to go towards and away from and you know what's wrong and what's right based off these experiences that had when we were a child and we're still wearing our life jacket. And then we go into adulthood and we can get into our 20s and our 30s and our 40s and 50s and there can even be 60s and 70s. I mean, after, at um, the relationship retreat that my wife and I went to, we were sitting in a room full of people from, I think it would have been like 18 years old to 80 years old. And everybody had their own stuff. Some people hadn't dealt with it. They hadn't dealt with it for like 80 years. And uh, I, I would offer and submit to all of you that wherever you are, if, you, if this is something that you actually haven't worked through, I would submit to you that uh, it's totally in your best benefit to work through this and relieve yourself of this because, um, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to be in my 30s when I worked through a lot of this. And, and I'm not in any means saying I'm perfect and I don't have things to continue to work on because I'm going to have things to work on um, until the day that I die because um, I'm always going to be growing. But there were some core things that were holding me back that I really needed to get through so that I could be comfortable and totally, completely at ease with myself 
um, and then be able to provide massive value to those around me in relationships. And I would submit to all of you out there that no matter how old you are, um, now is the time to, to dig deep on this one if you haven't already dug deep on it. And, um, you know, for some of you, this is, this is going to be the biggest takeaway so far from Freedom Hack Radio, um, just this one discussion that we're having right here. And uh, that's great. That's perfect because now you know, and now you know there's an area that you can like dig deeper on and do some work on it and work through so that you can be free. Because the whole point of this is we're looking at the end goal, freedom. And, and, and this is a, a bit of a personal topic and a little bit of a painful topic for some of us, uh, but we need to work through it and we need to get through it because on the other side is freedom, but we can't have that freedom if we're going to hold all these skeletons in here. Um, you know, and some of you, you totally get it because you're, you're like sitting there going, oh, wow, like I totally resonate with what Bryce is saying right now because I've worked through this and I've got past my blocks and now I'm free and it feels freaking amazing and I totally get it. And, um, and then there's some of you that are telling yourself, oh, yeah, 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 I've dealt with that. Yeah, I've, I've done all of that. It's all cool. But I mean, you haven't. So like, you're going to have to stop BSing yourself because there's a little bit of digging deeper that some of us have to do um, to really, to really, really, really get rid of the skeletons in your closet and feel free. And um, at our core, we know whether we're BSing ourselves or not. So um, don't, don't brush over this if you think that you've worked through it, if you think that you don't have any problems. I was kind of like that. Um, and I remember sitting at the relationship retreat going like, well, I didn't, I didn't get like the shit beaten out of me every day. I didn't like, I didn't get raped as a kid. And I was listening to stories of people who did have these things happen to them. And it was like, it was terrible, right? But um, here's me thinking like, well, unless that kind of stuff happened to you, then I pretty much had a good life, you know? And I have had a good life, but of course, I'm a human being and all human beings had our own stuff that affected us when we were a kid. So let's not BS ourselves and compare ourselves to other people um, because we all have something that we, we can work through. And um, if you think that you're completely immune from having experiences in your youth that, uh, that affected you massively for the rest of your life, if you think you're immune from that, then you're BSing yourself. There's not a chance anybody on the planet um, has gone through life without having things that have caused pain and hurt and, and things like this at some level at some point. Um, and once we break through those things, we can be free. And, you know, don't do what I did. Don't compare yourself to other people, you know, because other people have had different experiences. And, you know, <clears throat> I, rem I remember hearing an experience of a, of a lady who uh, grew up with a sister and her thing was that like her, she felt that her parents were favoring um, her sister and giving her sister like tons of gifts. And I was sitting there thinking, well, like, how could that bother you? It's like, there's not even like a big deal, but it doesn't matter because it's her experience. And she was like insanely affected by it. She was so affected by this, like in her adult years, she was like bawling her eyes out and she was like emotional wreck uh, because of it. So like, don't compare yourself to other people. Like everybody's got their own experiences and everybody reacts to things differently. And we can only, you know, what we think is like really painful and really joyful can only come from the experience of what we experience in life and the extremities that we've had. So, um, you know, compare yourself to you, compare yourself to your experiences and the things that you're, that have, that have happened with you and get real with yourself. Um, that's going to, the more we get real with ourselves, the more we're going to be free. And, um, kind of while we're on this note, I also want to just touch on like, don't compete against other people either, like compete against you. Um, this Actually, I suppose the best way that I can explain this is um, I've, I've been CrossFitting for like about the last five years. And for those of you who don't know what CrossFit is, it's a type of working out where you, you use your own body weight and body weight movements and calisthenic movements. And you also use, um, you know, weightlifting movements and you're always switching it up and doing different workouts and it's really intense and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but in, in the workouts, part of the workout, we have a workout of the day and you're either 
either um, you're, you're always in a group when you're doing these workouts and you're either completing competing against the clock and you have a certain amount of work to do and um, you need to do that certain amount of work as quick as you can or there's um, a set clock time and then you got to do as much work as you can in that clock time and it's an opportunity to have some camaraderie and you know some people will be like going faster and you're trying to catch up to them and you can kind of compete with other people um and you know i i remember there was a lot of times uh where i've come first or i've come second in like a group of 30 people and I just like, like part of me would feel like the egocentric side would go, Hey, yeah, like I'm the champion. Like, Oh, I came number one in the workout today. But some days on those workouts, when I did come number one or number two out of like, say 30 people, I knew that I only gave it like 80%. Um, but then the interesting thing is, is there's some other days where there was workouts that we did that was for my physique. And for my level of where I'm at, I found more challenging than some other people. And I may have come eighth or 10th or 15th or even last, but I knew I gave it like 130%. So like, it didn't really matter whether I came first or last in these workouts. It's just kind of like an opportunity for a little bit of fun camaraderie. Most important thing was, and this is when I'm working out is like, Am I giving it 100% today or am I giving it 120% or am I kind of giving it 70 and um, trying to boost my ego and say that I'm a champion? And, um, you know, the, the latter part doesn't really serve you. Uh, the more that we're honest with ourselves and the more that we compete with ourselves, not other people, I think we're creating an environment for us to really, really improve. Um, the other part, we're just feeding our ego and that honestly doesn't serve us in the long run. Um, so I think that pretty much wraps up what I wanted to say about the relationship with ourselves. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about is introverts and extroverts. And, you know, again, I'll ask you, like, what do you think when I say introvert and extrovert? Some of you are probably thinking, I know, I know I'm an introvert. I know I'm an extrovert, you know, um, and, uh, you know, what does that actually mean to you? And what do you think when you think about that? A lot of extroverts say, oh, well, yeah, like I'm very outgoing and, and I'm just a very outgoing, confident person. So I'm an extrovert. And a lot of introverts will go, well, you know, I just kind of like to like, just, I'm just like to keep to myself. I don't really want to bother other people. And you know, I'm a little bit quiet and a little bit nervous. And I think all of us have heard those explanations of introvert and extrovert. But one of my friends, uh, had a, I was having a discussion with him one day, and he opened up a whole nother way of looking at introverts and extroverts. And he explained it like this. Whether we are an introvert or extrovert is a generalization. And regardless of whether we sway one way or the other, we both have parts of us. We have both parts in us. We have some part introvert, some part extrovert. And uh, I know myself, and, and once I um, give the explanation here, you'll, you'll maybe understand why, but I would consider myself to be probably 30% extrovert, about 70% introvert. So, um, so we have a little bit of both. We're not just completely black or white or one or the other. We're a little bit of both. Um, but instead of the way that it's normally explained, he explained it like this. Extroverts gain their energy, they get recharged and revitalized by being around and connecting with other people. This is kind of an extrovert thing right now. I'm connecting with all of you right now on YouTube, on iTunes, uh, on freedomhackradio.com, wherever you're listening to this. And uh, we're having a bit of a connection right now. And, and this is the extrovert part or side of me. And I am actually getting energy from this. And you can probably feel my energy from this. And, and, and it is recharging, right? But that's not all of who I am. That's just part of who I am. Um, how he explained introverts is introverts on the flip side of the coin, get recharged from having some quiet time and sort of being away from massive amounts of interaction with people. And I get a lot of charge from there too. 
For example, I can do a podcast for one or two hours and just bust out energy and just be like lit up. And that's totally cool. Um, I'm not doing this all day, every day. I, uh, I host events too. Like I host uh, live educational events and I film home study courses and things like this. And I can go for like two, three days, like 12 to 16 hours a day of just fully giving my energy to people and just going bam, bam, bam. And just, uh, just going for it in a massive way. And, uh, and I can go all out and I can just keep my energy at a really, really peak level. But as soon as I'm finished a three-day seminar or a three-day workshop that I host, like on the fourth day, I'm chilling, man. And I'm like recouping. And I don't really want to speak to that many people because I just need to recharge. Because for me to do this, I get energy out of it, but I also exert a lot of energy into it. And I've been in situations where I've been uh, at events for like seven days and like, man, I tell you what, like by the seventh day or the eighth day, I'm so exhausted from so much interaction with other people that um, it's just it's just the nature of the introvert side of me. And um, and I think that's a really a good thing to notice about ourselves. And it's a good thing to notice about other people as well. And I just thought I'd just add that little expl- explanation in there because I, I, that's been very valuable for me. And um, I, I hope that's valuable for you guys, too. Um, the two cents on introverts and extroverts. Uh, and, uh, you know, we all have different needs. The interesting thing is we come from our experiences and a lot of us just think that, well, like our experience is the experience that we have. We just need to like project our experience on everybody else. And and uh, if somebody needs help, I'm going to help them in the way that I would help me because that's clearly the only way to help somebody. And that's what a lot of us do. And that's where a lot of us have challenges in relationships. And, um, you know, <clears throat> we all have different needs. And once we learn that other people have different needs, and if we approach people understanding what their needs are, then we can accommodate to them in the way that they want to be accommodated to or communicate them to them in a way that they're going to be receptive of. And uh, one, of the, one of the places that I actually learned this concept from is in this book here, uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by uh, Dr. John Gray. And this is a super, super cool book. It's a very easy read. It's kind of a comical and fun read. Uh, and it's also insanely accurate on how men and women can be. And when I, when I say men and women, first off, I actually don't want to just restrict it to uh, men and women. I want to actually extend this to saying masculine and feminine. So when, when Dr. John Gray is talking about men, he's talking about people with masculine uh, traits and masculine energies. And I know that there can be some women out there that, that have predominantly masculine energies and there can be men out there that have uh, feminine energies. So it's, it's not necessarily man, man and woman. It's more masculine energy, feminine energy. But um, when, we, when we gravitate more towards one of these, whether you're more masculine or more feminine, uh, we have different different needs that need to be met, different things that are important to us. And uh, one of the one of the interesting things about this book was was when I was reading it, like the whole way, almost from like front to back, it, it's so accurate. Uh, it's kind of like how the heck has this dude cracked the code on what my experience has been life and what interactions are between men and women? He's like totally hit the nail on the head highly recommend reading this book because once you read it and understand it and implement it, then you can understand how people with the opposite sex or with the opposite um, you know, masculine or feminine uh, dominant traits, you'll be able to understand them and understand how to communicate with them and what's really going on. Um, for example, one of the first points that he really talks about is uh, that men uh, have the, the Mr. Fix-It kind of gene in us that when someone comes to us and they they come to us and they're talking about something that seems like a problem 
then it's our natural ability to want to get in there and fix it. Because like, of course, that person needs fixing. That's what we're here to do, right? We're the man, we're the problem solver, we're here to fix it. Um, whereas on the flip side of coin, the feminine side of things, they're very emotional beings. And they just want to express their emotions and get their emotions out. And this related to me heavily because, you know, my wife would, um, you know, my wife, we'd, we'd meet up at the end of the day or in the afternoon, and she would just be like dumping all of these emotional things from her day. And, and I thought she was coming to me with a whole bunch of problems like, oh my God, this thing happened today and you've got no idea and blah, blah, blah. And, and blah, blah. And I was just thinking, man, like my wife's distressed. They're going to get in there and I'm going to fix this. Well, all you need to do is just like, don't talk to that person. This person should do this. And then, you know, I was getting in there, I'll put my Mr. Fix It hat on. And my wife was, she would actually get like upset with me for doing that. And I didn't get it. I'm like, I'm helping you. Like I care, like I care and I'm helping you. And she's like, this isn't helping. And I totally didn't understand it because what's really happening on her side of things is that she's just an emotional being and she's just got some stored up emotions from the day. All she needs to do is release them. She doesn't need anyone to fix any problems. Once she releases them and just talks, she just wants to talk to me about it. Once she talks to me about it and releases them, it's gone. That's it. There is no problem. And there was no problem. She just had some things, some energy and emotion stored in her body that she needed to release. And here's me wanting to fix it. And, um, you know, you can flip the coin and, you know, women can have their own misinterpretations of men. And uh, this causes so much confusion um, in marriages and relationships and interactions with male and female and, and masculine and feminine because you know, men are typically without this knowledge, you know, the masculine is coming from the masculine perspective and trying to sol solve it with masculine solutions and the feminine's doing the same and it doesn't jive. We're different beings. As John Gray says it, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And uh, it's a pretty comical book. The accuracy in here is, is kind of mind boggling. And I think you guys will get a kick out of it. And if you want to have a super successful marriage, I highly recommend reading it and understanding the opposite sex a little better. Uh, another book that I highly recommend is, um, but you know, I would definitely read this one first before the next one I'm about to talk about. But this this book uh, is His Needs, Her Needs. Now this one's, it's a little bit on the darker side and, and I would say generally it's, a, it's an uplifting book, but this one kind of like, it doesn't fluff around about what the consequences could be if you don't meet his needs or her needs. <laughs> you know, if, if you're a female and you're in a marriage and um, you're not meeting his needs, yeah, this is there's some details in here of case stories of how things can go wrong and they seem like they're okay, but if people's needs aren't met, you know, that's when really bad things happen like affairs and and uh, divorces and stuff like that. Uh, really, this is a pretty, uh, a pretty interesting book. It's kind of like an extension of the concept from Men Are From Mars, Men Are From Venus, uh, Women Are From Venus. But this one's a little bit more of a reality check of what happens if you don't meet your partner's needs. Uh, and it's like, a, it's a good way to have a bit of a self audit and, um, and, and have a look at it with you know, have a look at yourself and have a look at your marriage and have a look at the the main relationships that you do have and see where you're at. Because if you're not meeting people's needs, they're not going to stick around forever. And this doesn't just, this isn't just relating to marriage when I'm talking about these books. I mean, look, if you're in a business relationship and you've got a business partner and if you're not meeting your partner's needs, or your partner's not meeting your needs, it's not sustainable, it's not gonna last forever. So it's good to understand these principles and, and they're things that we can always work on. And, and the better we understand other people and where they're coming from and, and what's important to them, the easier it is to communicate with them and the easier it is to get what we want. And that's kind of pretty cool, isn't it? To come from a perspective where, where we understand how to communicate with other people and how to understand relationships better, life becomes much easier for us. A lot of us out there um, can can project all this like, well, that person, and that person doesn't get it. And that person doesn't get it. And that person doesn't get it. Maybe you don't get it. You know, um, maybe that's what it is. Maybe we don't get it. Maybe we don't understand where that person's coming from. 
we've got to be able to look at it through other people's lenses. And, you know, on that topic, here is a book that really digs into how to understand what people's needs are. It's called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And, you know, I haven't actually, I haven't read this book, but I've listened to the audio book. So I suppose it's the same as reading it, but I didn't actually read it. Um, but yeah, this is really cool because, you know, he come, Gary Chapman comes from a perspective that we have different love languages. Uh, we have different ways, and he actually says that we have five different love languages, and um, we have different ways that we like to give love to people and that we like to receive love the most, that we resonate with, that we, we know that when these things happen, we feel really loved. And um, as a result of that, that's how we project love to other people. And one of these ways is words of affirmation. So that's, you know, like, you know, word, positive words of praise. Oh, you did a great job and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it could even be like, you know, love letters and, you know, really nice cards at Christmas time or your birthday time. Uh, if you if you really like receiving these things and that's your love language, your primary love language, then that's likely the way that you project your love to other people. You tell them words of affirmation of, of how much you love them and, and how much you appreciate them and care for them, you're proud of them and things like this. Um, another method is, uh, or another language, sorry, is the acts of service. And that is, you know, somebody, if, if somebody's doing a lot of acts for you, you know, they just love to like cook meals for you and they love to do you favors and do acts of service for you, then you know that that's what their love language is. And look, when we have these love languages, it doesn't mean that we're totally confined to one of them. Usually we'll have like a primary and secondary that um, really resonate with us. And usually there's like two of them that, that resonate with, with one person the most. Uh, the third love language is receiving gifts. Everybody knows somebody or has somebody in their life that just loves to give gifts. Like every time you catch up with them, they're going to give you a little gift. Uh, it doesn't matter how much of monetary value it is. It's the fact that they're doing something thoughtful to give you a gift. And um, I know people like that. And, and I know that that's their love language and they love to get gifts. So it's kind of, it's kind of easy to figure out what people's love languages are. Uh, because it's the way that they project love. It's the way that they actually throw it out there. Uh, the fourth love language is quality time. You know, some people just really want to just give you their time. And they, they, you know, giving you their time is their way of saying, hey, I love you. And I'm just going to give you my undivided attention and my time right now because that's the most important thing to me. And the fifth love language is physical touch. And, you know, that's, that can be really special for somebody. And, you know, if, if somebody wants to give you a massage or, or, you know, they always want to like hold your hand or, or something like that, that's their way of, of letting you know that they love you. And so, you know, to, to um, reiterate those, there's words of affirmation, the, the acts of service, um, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. And so this is a pretty cool book. Um, you know, I believe all of these are available in audio versions as well. I listened to the audio book of this, uh, but that's a good one to know as well. And super important uh, in your marriage because you obviously want to know what your partner's love language is and how to best uh, tickle their fancy. And then I'm just going to share one more book with you guys before we wrap it up here. And this one's called uh, Seven Ways to Be Her Hero. And this one's for, this one's for the fellas out there. Uh, this I, this guy here, Doug Fields, I actually heard him speaking on stage and he really just, as a speaker, he resonated with me. He had the kind of personality that I was looking for in a speaker. He was pretty energetic. He was kind of fun. He was a little bit outlandish and, uh, it was, it was you know, I, I thought he was great on stage. And then he said, Hey, and he had a good message too. And he, he had a book there. And so I grabbed it and I read it and, uh, it's a pretty good book. I, I like this book. And I, I got a lot out of it. And, you know, I was, I was wanting to get a book like this to explore how to be more of a hero for my wife. And this is a really interesting perspective that he comes from. And one of the biggest takeaways I got from this book was that as in, in marriage with your partner, or with your life partner, we're really one unit. 
I mean, there's like you and, and then there's your partner and we're, we're individuals, but we come together to one unit. And when we're like one love, one unit, and if, if one of us is inflicting pain or hurt, whether that be physical, emotional, psychological on our partner or towards our partner, whether they're there or whether they're not there, um, then that's actually essentially hurting the one core love that you have there in that relationship. Basically, if you're hurting in any way your partner, then you're hurting yourself because that's your love. And I think the, uh, the opposite of how this can be effective is, um, you know, me going back to what it was like when I was working in the construction field uh, for 17 years. And I used to sit down at lunchtime and there'd be these guys and they're talking about, oh, yeah, like these girls with like big boobs and and they're talking about like, oh, having sex with uh, with with all of the girls and everything like that. And and kind of like defaming um, other women and then like making jokes out of their wife. And, um, you know, I'm talking about like not coming from like a, a loving, you know, fun perspective, like, you know, talking crap on their wife and um, really like slaying them and, and getting into them and like saying really nasty things. And like, that's just the exact opposite of what we need to do because it's like, the people that are saying this, I swear they don't get that that's a representation of who they are. If you're there slagging your partner, oh yeah, my partner's this, my partner's that, oh yeah, they're no good for nothing and blah, 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 then why the heck are you with them and why did you select them in the first place? Take responsibility for it yourself because um, you selected your partner. You said, uh, you said yes to marrying them or you said yes to engaging them, or you decided to move forward with them as being your partner. So like, don't you want that to be a good representation of you? Don't you want that to be an extension of you? And um, this was the message that really drove home with me in here. He's got a lot of other, um, other good messages, but that was the biggest takeaway that I had there. So uh, guys, this is not the be all or end all relationships um, episode here at Freedom Hack Radio. It's simply a high level view and a starting point. And I just wanted to start this conversation and dig into a few things that, that we're going to dig into a lot more here at Freedom Hack Radio. Um, and for some of you, this is, this is just a cold, hard look at some areas that you now can fully commit to working on and working through in order to be free and to be more enjoyable to be around because that's ultimately what happens when we work through these things. And uh, for some of you, this was just a fun refresher. But the most exciting part of this of all is that we get to explore relationships on a much deeper level from episode seven onwards, where we discuss relationships in much greater detail with special guests and industry experts and leaders. So you can hear it from the horse's mouth and you can hear it from an abundance of different angles and perspectives. So I'm really excited for you to deepen your relationships and move closer to being free. And, you know, I just want to remind you guys, the more you interact with Freedom Hack Radio, the more you'll get out of it. So play all out. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up and put some comments there. Uh, same thing with iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, leave a review. Let other people know. Your interaction really, really, really matters. You're contributing to other people's freedom because the more people that know about this, the more people we can help become free and live a freedom lifestyle. So until next week, this is Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. Live large and live free.